Spiritual Coaching Podcast. We're teaching spiritual coaches how to guide Christians into a full and fearless devotion to God. Welcome. The goal of the Spiritual Coaching Podcast is to encourage and equip those whose God-given mission is to provide spiritual direction to the Church of Jesus Christ. We're training warriors to fight for the human heart. Our spiritual coaching is driven by a singular belief that every wound in our heart that's left untouched by God will hinder how deeply we can know Him and how fully we can follow Him. Only healthy hearts are free to develop a relationship with God that outlasts the pressures of life and every unworthy claim for our loyalty and devotion. Hello, the Two Rivers Spiritual Coaching Podcast was created to teach spiritual coaches how to fight for and guide reluctant hearts into a full and fearless devotion to God. In this episode of our podcast, we'll discuss striking the delicate balance between telling people the truth that they need to hear and doing it without being mean or insensitive. Uh, Last time we worked on turning tragedy into treasure, and this time we're going to work on turning truth into something people actually want to hear. Let's jump right in. Uh, Today I want to take you back to something I mentioned in our last talk, uh, though I didn't put quite this crisp a spin on it. I'm going to talk to you today about the delicate balance between being a spiritual coach and a jerk. It's, it's one and the same thing with telling the truth or bludgeoning people with it. Um, <clears throat> I remember uh, vividly a, a conversation that many of you probably have heard, overheard, something like it. Maybe possibly you've been a part of this conversation. Uh, this guy was telling me how he'd been honest with someone. Because if you're honest, no matter how cruel you are, you must be in the right. But, you know, he followed it by telling me what he had said, and it was downright barbaric. He'd drawn, hanged, and quartered them with his version of the truth, and excused himself with the pardon of speaking the truth above all else. Unfortunately for the poor guy who'd been on the receiving end, he encountered someone who sacrificed love and kindness on the altar of being right. This is not the way a valued spiritual coach behaves. Truth matters. Make no mistake. Truth matters. Clearly it matters. And deception is just as clearly wrong and destructive. But as with most opposites, balance is beautiful. Uh, A more attractive yet would be having a great supply of both truth and love. Not necessarily in balance, but both overflowing from a heart that has plenty to share. <clears throat> the idea of speaking the truth in love, um, that is an equation that's found in the Bible in Ephesians 4.15. It seems obvious, but I think there are a couple things that need to be said for clarity's sake. As spiritual coaches, we need to say hard things to people, often things that others refuse to say. We'll need to refuse to back down. Still, whatever it is, it must be seasoned with grace. Seasoning, it gives food taste, and often it gives the only thing between a gross meal and an edible one. Truth is light, and it's necessary for pushing back the darkness that keeps people in their sickness and bondage. Reality is often a hard pill to swallow. As coaches, we need to do our best to find as much tact as possible to grow and sensitively along our way, and then leave the outcomes to God. Now, uh, the Bible has a lot to say about the subject, so I'm going to do a very quick survey. In fact, I don't think you could call it a survey. 
because I'm really just going to land in two places. One place in the New Testament and one place in the Old Testament. Which means I'm going to um, proceed in a reverse canonical order, which itself only means that I'll begin near the end of the Bible and then end near the beginning of the Bible. Uh, the author of the letter to the church in Rome challenges us to not just pretend to love others, but to really love them. Then Peter throws in the requirement to show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all of your heart. Now, uh, I could read to you a bucket load of verses about how to one another, other Christ followers. The uh, one another phrase occurs over, over 200 times, just from Romans to Revelation. That's just part of the, the latter end of the Bible. Uh, because there are so many one anothering verses, we're going to leave that to your personal study. Clearly, everything we serve up to people needs to be prepared and presented in or with love. Uh, kindness, mercy, grace, understanding, sensitivity. If I were to step through the study backwards in fashion, as I mentioned, we come to the book of Proverbs, which is before the book of Romans in the Bible. As spiritual coaches, we will sometimes fill the role uh, of a mother or father. And Proverbs makes it clear that correcting one's kids is an essential thing to do and a loving thing as well. Proverbs instructs us by explaining that those who are godly and wise, the, uh, the parental training and correction they offer, it will be helpful, it will be healing, it will save, it will save lives. Indeed, our words will be full. Uh, there'll be a life-giving fountain. Uh, wise words are as profound as deep waters and as freshing as a bubbling brook and are more valuable than golden rubies. Kind words will be as sweet as honey and yet are able to break bone-like stiffness and resistance. Finally, Proverbs 17 promises that the wounds from a sincere friend are better than the kisses of an enemy, and the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Clearly, the way we speak, the hard attitude we carry, you know, getting the words as right as we can, they're important to a spiritual coach, and they're important to those we coach. You know, I have to admit that I've been doing this a long time, um, uh, but that short Bible survey even makes me a little nervous. It makes me be a little more cautious and careful. It calls my heart to that, to caution and patience and waiting for God to guide. Both love and, tr and truth combined to create a spiritual coach's best tactic and tonic when speaking to others. Uh, I know this is a biblical study, but uh, I did some scholarly research and found a quote that I thought might be helpful. It's attributed to um, Mary Poppins. That's right. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. <laughs> that brings up something essential that we need to understand. As spiritual coaches, just because we think God has revealed something to us about the person we're coaching, that doesn't mean we have to blurt it out the first chance we get. The inexperienced, they tell themselves, the spiritually mature, tell them, immature, tell themselves that the minute they hear God point something out, they have to waste no time in bringing that one they're coaching in on it. That is often a mistake, especially if we haven't given a thing time to be proven and we speak out of turn about something we've gotten wrong. You may have been made privy to something in another's heart only so you can pray for them, or maybe so you'll understand other aspects of their story, or so you can keep listening till God suggests a solution or way forward before you speak it out. 
or simply so that you can confirm it by other means so that when you do feel the time is right to bring that thing you know up, you'll have evidence, if you will, uh, to share with them so that it helps them see it. Telling them a thing and not being able to tell them, you know, where it, you know, often people ask you, well, well okay, if that's true, give me an example. Well, when God reveals a truth to you and you hold it and you wait with it and you sit with it, as the person be, continues to tell their story, they will give you that evidence. They will give you that example that you can share to help a person understand the truth you're trying to express. Especially as coaches, sometimes truth is revealed to us, but not so that we can promptly speak it out. The Spirit passes it to us so that we can pray on it and let God birth something in us, instruct us about the best way to reveal it to another. Did you follow that? Okay. What I'm saying is that I don't want you to miss out on what God has to say to you any more than I want the one we are ministering to to miss out on anything that God has for them. Okay. Again, what I'm saying is that I don't want you to miss out on what God has to say to you any more than I want the one we're ministering to to miss out on anything that God has to say for them. God may have told you more truth than you should reveal um, just yet in order to give you um, experience both with hearing him guide and obeying him by patiently waiting. He wants our willingness to obey instantly, but he also wants us to learn to listen long enough to hear everything he has to say before we head off. The lesson is that when the Spirit of God leads, it's not always so that we can immediately act on it. It's often so that we can immediately run to him to patiently get the whole plan along with the proper timing before we proceed. Uh, on my website, Two Rivers dot church backslash life coaching there's actually a message i pre preached on uh the truth that you can't analyze your own swing and it it there tells a story about nathan's confrontation of david and how he knew a truth but sat with it until god revealed to him just the right way and time to confront david in a way that um was so helpful to david that he was able to get unstuck and respond with repentance. Timing is often everything. The timing and degree of honesty, how much we say at once and how direct we say it, it will vary from person to person and situation to situation as the Spirit leads. People come first. So how we deliver honest but potentially offensive feedback is measured on a person-to-person -person basis. Some will need more seasoning than others. Truth told to people early in the process will also acquire more depth as opposed to those that are further along and have experience with our honest talk. And let me give you this little bit of advice. Be careful trusting people who say something like this to you. Oh man, don't don't sugarcoat it. Just tell me. Tell me the truth. Don't be gentle. Um, don't you don't there's no need to wordsmith it. I can take it. <laughs> I can't tell you how often they are completely wrong. <laughs> they may be right, but often they're very wrong about themselves. They do not understand themselves as well as they think. They would like to think that they can take it. Early on, I was quick to believe that kind of comment 
and I would take their claim um, to be able to handle it as an excuse to just plunge right in, not take the time to choose my timing or my words. And that sort of laziness led to much unnecessary offense that could have been avoided if I tested the truth of that claim first. In fact, if I think the person is mistaken about themselves, I will sometimes tell them that um, even though they believe they're ready for undressed truth, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll say to them something like I just said to you. Well, I've heard that before, but that's not always true. <laughs> um, then I tell them that people are often mistaken about this point. I tell them why I think they may not be ready. And often that opens a door to a deeper conversation. Often that allows me to be more direct with him than if I had done it directly. Jesus' model was that he was much harder and more direct with the pompous and arrogant religious crowd. And while they were not as horrible as they are often portrayed, the, the Pharisees and the, uh, the, the Sadducees and the religious leaders of Jesus' day, he was blunter with them because there was a lot of garbage that his words needed to penetrate. They had their defenses up already and their preconceived ideas were firmly set in place. Truth had to break through many walls. And their teaching made following God difficult for those they taught. So he had good reason to not waste time and to instead blast right through the error and resistance. He was much more gentle and understanding with the everyday masses, especially with the non-Jewish crowds, whose religion was less defensive and protective. A spiritual coach will see both and need to discern appropriately. Some people will actually need a stiffer delivery of truth. Others will be quite sensitive and will balk at that sort of approach. Some will do well with word pictures and metaphors, and others like it less fluffy and more direct. This is why listening is so crucial. And I'm going to address listening in a separate talk. But for now, remember that when we hear people's story, we can pick up their interests and personality so that we can tailor our explanations to them. Someone who is very involved in sports will relate to athletic analogies, while someone who is more geeky will connect with technical metaphors. Those in the medical profession will connect with metaphors that come from that medical profession. The former, um, the, the, the athletic, will identify with discipline and practice and winning and losing. While uh, that later geeky crowd, they'll, they'll get the G.I.G.O. and programming language, the um, those that are in the medical profession will, will get it when you talk about symptoms as opposed to, to the very real um, a disease that's underneath. Love leads us to do the work to learn and develop various figures of speech um, appropriate to different worlds and then adjust our communication to the person in front of us. It is especially helpful when trying to relay difficult spiritual subjects and when driving at a particular point. And I'm going to say this to you in closing, um, that if you're coaching on my team, I expect you to err towards grace. That may seem like a compromise to, to make this final clarification that we want to err towards grace, but I believe that erring on that side instead of erring towards grace at the expense, or erring towards truth on the expense of grace should be our intentional goal rather than erring on the side of truth. Okay, I'm not sure how I just said that, but let's be clear that I want you to lean towards grace and not so much towards truth if you have to sacrifice grace to do that. Grace first, truth second. Graceless truth is seldom heard. However, it can create wounds, the very thing we're trying to disempower. 
Grace isn't going to hurt anyone initially and only eventually if we can't move from it to the truth to say that last 10% because of fear of rejection, fear of man, fear of being misunderstood or any number of fears. So this isn't permission to lie or be deceitful. It's permission to be kind, loving, and Christ-like. I'm not advocating fear, cowardice, or unwillingness to say that last for 10, 10%. Maybe because, you know, we feel the truth is, is always unloving. It's not true. God forbid that we always err towards grace and sacrifice truth and never get to the whole truth. I'm just saying that some truth will be wisely held for another time. It doesn't need to be communicated as soon as we discover it, and it may need to be held back in order to, to walk in grace. People can become overwhelmed when trying to process too much truth all at once. When this happens, none of the truth will get through. So, by saying it all, none has reached the target. Gracious honesty requires wisdom and patience and obedience. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, if this episode uh, or, or, or the podcast itself has been helpful to you, um, you can help us get the word out so that others, leaders, and coaches get a chance to, to take in this content by just taking the time to follow and like or both do both those things. Uh, to do that on whatever streaming app you're using, maybe even share the link or share the podcast to a, spe to a specific episode uh, with someone that you think might benefit from it. Lastly, next time on the Spiritual Coaching Podcast, the role importance of genuinely listening and some stra sound strategies that we use in order to be able to do that. Thank you. We're honored that you've taken the time to give us a listen as we teach spiritual coaches how to guide Christians into a full and fearless devotion to God. If you'd like to contact Pastor Kara to ask a question, give feedback, or sign up for coaching, you have two options. First, you can visit our coaching website by going to tworivers.church backslash lifecoaching. Be sure to hyphenate life coaching. When there, just click the button in the blue banner. On that page, you'll also find free tools to use in your spiritual coaching practice. Additionally, you will find a link to a blog where you can get a transcript of today's show, filled with Bible references and other content not mentioned on the podcast. Second, you can email Pastor Carrie directly at carrie at tworivers.church. That's carrie, K-E-R-R-Y, at two, T-W-O, rivers.church. If this content was helpful, please jump over to iTunes and SoundCloud. Search for the Spiritual Coaching Podcast and give us a like and share the podcast so that more people like yourself can find us. Again, thank you, and we hope to see you on our next episode of the Spiritual Coaching Podcast. Okay.